This is a podcast. All right, Chelsea here. A uh, quick reminder that most podcasts are not backwards compatible. Well, so here we are, podcast four. Uh, I have an outline again, so that's pretty cool. I don't have to do anything <laughs> except ramble to myself about a list of very bizarre topics. I must say that I had to think a lot harder, actually. <laughs> uh, my life is hard. I had to read them first and then think about what I would say, which ordinarily I just kind of diarrhea say it or I record it like eight times until I f- keep the funny bits and I just do it all over again, a long-winded take. Kind of like if you were at a play practice and you missed one line by using the wrong pronoun and then you went back to the very beginning. That's kind of what I did. But now I kind of have a mini outline in my outline. So the first question is, who is Chelsea in her basic essence? Now, I don't know. I consider myself a complex person, as I think most people do. But at my most basic essence, I would say red. Um, Maybe that's the aura looker in me or something. I don't even think I have a red aura. I don't know. That's just what came to mind. I mean... Basically, I'm kind of mean and I'm kind of rude, Um, but no, no, I'm truthful. Let's be real. That's who I am. I'm an honest person and I don't, it's not that I don't have a filter. It's kind of like I just poured all of the coffee grounds directly into the pot and then I poured, I let the water drip through that. It's that I wanted it that way. Like you don't do that on accident. You have to deliberately do that and... I use the filter when it would have negative consequences for me. (laughs) I'm such a bad person. That's what I should name all these podcasts. Why I'm evil in 10 installments for free that only cost you listening to them. But anyway, so I guess that's really all I have to say about my basic essence is that I'm truthful and I'll tell you how it is. And if you don't want to know how it is, don't talk to me. Don't bring forth your problems. I don't pry Um, I don't ask about your life just so I can tell you how to run it. That's not something I do. But if you're going to, I'm not the best person to just rant at. I like, I'm a solution person. Now, if you tell me, maybe I'll try to listen. But as soon as you ask me what I think about the situation, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to let you have it. And I'm not going to feel bad about it. That's just kind of how it is. Now, we're going to move on to the second one because I don't want to talk about myself. I recently have gotten kind of sick of myself because uh, someone let it slip to my childhood friends and friends that I hang out with pretty much daily that I had a podcast. I didn't want to tell them because in a way it's kind of embarrassing because it's kind of like saying like, look, I think I'm funny enough for random people to think I'm funny. And I don't know. It's kind of like... It's kind of like someone finding nudies on your phone. Like, yeah, like, look, I'm naked and I'm sexual with other people. Like, that's kind of weird if, like, you know me on on a friend level. That's kind of what this podcast felt like. And they wanted to hear it, and they didn't want to download it themselves. So I was driving, and in my car, they made me download my own podcast, and we listened to it together. And it's actually probably the most narcissistic thing I've ever done, especially with an audience where they heard me listen to my own podcast and laugh at a few of my own jokes 
Um, mostly I laughed in spite of myself, but you know, still traumatic either way. I'm still recovering. We got stuck in traffic. We listened to like two of them. So no, maybe we didn't. I don't know. Never again. So for my second thing, it's three things you think is wrong with the world and why. Um, some of these things are like real things. Other of these things are things like just really specific to me. I think right now, just with how everything is such a general statement, how, you know, how the, the political and socio-political things are, I think news outlets and, eh, in quotations, gossiping are kind of one of the things that's wrong with the world. And maybe, you know what, I, I, I edit that. I'm going to amend that statement. The fact that we are willing to believe things from the media. That's really the problem, is that we see how one person is, or one entity, one corporation, is presenting one set of information, and we take that to be a blanket truth, an absolute truth. Truth with a capital T to all of you philosophers out there, and that's kind of how we take it. Or not how we take it, how a lot of people take it, and how people who lose arguments take it. Um, I think it makes us more narrow-minded because when you hear a slanted statistic and you're under the impression that that corporation only speaks the truth, it's going to have negative consequences. And I think that's wrong, but that's not really something that's easily fixed. I don't like complaining about things that I can't fix or can't help fix. All I guess I can do, and I urge everyone to do, especially when it comes to politics, I mean, we're going to be up, go through another presidency all over again. Tensions are high. People, Facebook is a big political blanket. Political blanket? I wish I actually knew where I was going with that metaphor, because that could be good. More, I was, what I was thinking of when I said that was, why, why am I getting meta on something so dumb? But anyway, people, politics are big right now, because, you know, gay marriage got approved. Good. We can treat people like people. That's always an awesome thing. And everyone's so willing to talk about their political beliefs and show their political beliefs. And I think that's a great thing. However, with the way the news is and how people get their information is, you know, is wrong. You should always look at multiple sources. I mean, there's a reason that we all copy and paste it from like six different websites when we were writing our papers growing up. And now... (laughs) So it's, it's important. Be informed. I guess really that's it. We're not informed enough and we're willing to trust people who also aren't informed. I talk about it before where people say, I read an article, but then like they don't have the article or know the article or remember the article. If you're going to quote the article, be able to cite it because I don't care that you looked it up on the internet. I could do that. I could type in uh, anything and get a result. I could type in why pony gallbladder is the healthiest thing for your kidneys. And I would get some result. I would. And then I would quote that and then I'm like, well, the internet said, but I would say it better. I'd be like, well, I read this article. It was an in-depth study on human excretion and they recommend, like Dr. So-and-so recommended this, but, but you know, I don't have a link or anything. I, I totally just didn't make this up on the spot without thinking about it. So I think that's what's wrong with the world. I put it on here gossiping originally, but I was recently given an example, like as of yesterday, an example where gossiping sometimes can be an okay thing. 
and in a way, a search for truth. Um, I'm usually the kind of person where I gossip. It's not that I don't gossip. It's that if you walk in while I'm gossiping about you, I'm not going to stop saying what I'm saying. I may shorten it, but I'm not going to stop mid-sentence and try to recover. I'll tell you what I'm thinking, and if you react poorly, then at least it's a lesson to myself to maybe not think those things or say them out loud or be really careful who's around. It's only a lesson you can learn from. So, but I was... You know, there's some weird towns out there. I'm learning that as weird as my high school experience is, there's weirder places in the world and where, like, weirder behavior is just normal and where crazy things happen to everybody from your high school and that's just the norm. Um, And the weird thing is, is I'm thinking, like, oh, crazy things happen all the time, so people just kind of you know, it's part of, it's almost part of your culture. Like something happens so much, you just talk about it all the time. Um, you know, like if you, I don't know, I can't think of a good example other, cause this is just so stuck in my head that it's totally okay. that something crazy. People commit crimes, people get arrested. That's so normalized, but they don't talk about it out loud. Like you don't ask that person like, Hey, I like read in the paper that you did you did X, like, let's talk about it. Like, why did you do that? Which is what I would want to know. And which is what I would ask people because I don't know. I mean, I read about it in the paper, so you'd think we would talk about it, but it's, it's not like that there. It's, it's, it happens and everyone just quietly talks to everybody else, but that person about it, because that person is, that those people are just trying to forget. And I guess that makes sense. And I guess that's normal, but like, I thought, maybe embracing the crazy would help. But I think it's more that they won't answer you anyway. They're not going to answer your questions. Like there's no opportunity to even get that right answer. And I find that really bizarre. So really talking behind everybody's back is a good thing because, you know, you're searching for the answers and someone might've heard from somebody else, you know, and everyone can come together except that one person and build up a story. Maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it at least quenches curiosity I don't know, that's a philosophical question that I'm probably not equipped to answer or decide. So there's that. That's my more, um, my more real answer to the question. The second is, I don't like living in a world where Muppets are considered funny. I hate Muppets. I'm actually surprised that it hasn't come up sooner. I hate Muppets more than anything else. Like... Like, I think that cancer has a place in society more than the Muppets do. I know the Muppets have been around forever, and I know a lot of people find the Muppets funny, but I don't. I don't like puppets. I don't like any kind of puppets. I hate, I hate Jeff Dunham. I think he's an idiot. I think that's worse than Muppets. Maybe, I don't know. I hate puppets equally, um, simply because they're puppets. And if puppets become a protected class, I'm going to be the one saying, why... Amazon and why government buildings should not be allowed to display their love of Muppets. I hate them. I hate them a lot. I don't think they're funny. I don't think puppets are funny. I just, I just can't. And I don't like any of the Muppet movies. I could, if someone, someone would have to pay me a large sum of money with a cash, like a, what are they called? Like a cashier's check because so they can't take it back. So it won't bounce because 
I just can't. I can't even pretend, and it's not even like I'm trying to be cool. It's that I almost get mad because it's just so unfunny to me. Like, it is just not any, 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 it'd be one thing if, like, some people thought the Muppets were funny. Like, you know, like, some people think that Kung Fu Panda's really funny. I, I don't have strong feelings towards it, but I get why some people do or why children do. Like, it makes sense to me. I even can understand why the majority of people still watch Adam Sandler movies. Um, however, there is, I am like a very, I'm a minority for hating the Muppets as much as I do. And I don't like that. I've met very few people who are like, I also hate the Muppets with every fiber in my being. Some people are like, oh yeah, like they're all right. Like they remind me of my childhood or whatever. But no, no, I am a minority and I'm being oppressed by listening to how people sometimes talk about the Muppets favorably. Speaking of being oppressed and offended, that's the third thing. I think people do that easily. I myself do get offended a little more than I'd like to usually admit. However, I don't make that anyone else's problem, and I think that's where it is. I talked before about people emotionally bullying you and things like that and how I really don't like that and how I really don't think that's fair and I don't think that's the right thing to do. But I don't like people who wear their offensiveness as kind of use being offended as also being a victim. Um, if you're offended, you got to remove yourself from the situation or speak your mind, but don't, don't keep talking about it. Like if someone says something to me, that's like not cool or uncouth. I'm like, Hey, like, don't do that. Sometimes I don't react in the most calm manner, but I stick up for myself and then I move on and I go on with my life and I vent about it to a friend or two privately. And then I'm done. Well, to me, it's the people who are being offensive. Like, for example, this whole, the whole gay marriage thing. I went to a private school, a Christian school, where everyone thinks one way and everything thinks in a overly religious and Republican manner, where, you know, this, this is like the end of the world to them. <laughs> their, their lives are falling apart as they know it because something that doesn't concern them is happening. And... My favorite posts right now are the people who are like, oh, like I'm on every time I talk on like about my opinion on like Facebook, people like crucify me because like I just don't like gay people. And they just say that like, oh, like that's that won't offend anybody. And then they're surprised when people are like, hey, like you're a douche. Don't talk like that. And then (laughs) so they're offended that other people find them offensive and that other people should just let let themselves be, you know, talked down to or talked poorly to. Offensiveness is a gray line, a great gray line, thin line, large line, gray, taupe. I don't care. It's weird. If you're offended, remove yourself from the situation and or speak up for yourself, but do not use it for pity. If you are offended, think about why you're offended. If it's someone saying something, that's one thing. I I don't know. I don't care what people say. People talk all the time. When people are doing it to hurt you, I don't know. It's like I said, it's a great, it's very situational, super situational. And for the most part, I think that people are too easily offended by things that don't include them. I guess that's kind of where I'm getting at. Like if I want to tell, if I'm really drunk and I want to tell jokes about 
Arabic people and you're not Arabic, I'm drunk. Leave me alone. I, I don't know. Sometimes I just go on these weird rants about other people. I do it about white people too, because that's the classic line. I hate everybody, right? And like, if I, obviously, if I'm in a crowd of Arabic people and I say that, guess what? They're going to get offended and that's okay because I'm an idiot and I shouldn't do that. Like, that's my own fault and I should apologize because that's clearly the wrong crowd. Especially, I never get hateful. I never tell hateful jokes. I just say dumb things when I'm drunk, like most people. And I just say things that aren't really that funny. But if I say something offensive when I'm drunk, I get a pass. And I think that's fair for everyone. I've been told some pretty offensive things by other people that should really upset me. Uh, one of my favorites is I consider myself a fairly attractive person. Like, I'm not I'm not perfect. No one is. But uh, one of, one of uh, my friends came over to my house while he was drunk. And I'd known him for a long time. I was never really attracted to him. He had some friends I liked, and that's kind of why I hung out with him. Um, he had some attractive people and people I was attracted to. And I always thought, like, maybe he liked me. Like, like maybe. And we're, I'm sitting in his car waiting for him to sober up because I don't want him to drive, drive home. And he goes, you know what? Like, you know what, Chelsea? I'm like, what? And he goes, you're like, you're like a solid, like, seven or an eight. And I'm like, oh, well, like, that's a really nice thing to say. Like, thank you. And he goes, but when you put in your personality, you're like a four. And I was like, yikes. And I laughed and I felt like I should be offended that he hates my personality. But you know what? It's all good. It's funny. I don't know. Ah, This is just not this was a I'm getting pointless. Even with these points, I have no point. But for the third the third topic, three things that if you could change, you would. Well, these are pretty simple and self-explanatory. I'm sure I will find a way to make it long-winded. I always do. But of the first things, all unhealthy foods would become healthy foods. I could eat anything I wanted and it would not clog my arteries, it would not make me fat, and it would only make me healthier. And therefore, salad would probably become unhealthy. So that would suck for you, for you vegetarians. I'm going to eat Taco Bell every day, and my stomach's going to love it, and it's going to be fine. So if I could change that, I would. Basically, I turned this question into, if there was a genie, this is what I would tell him, assuming that I couldn't ask for more wishes. The second thing is I would be a billionaire, if I could change that. I would like to have lots of money, and... I think that's true to everyone, but just me. I just want to be a billionaire because I don't want to mess up the market because if we're all billionaires, then no one is. And the last thing is kind of selfish, but at least it's for a somewhat larger group of people, is the LSAT wouldn't exist. Now, for those of you who don't know, the LSAT is a kind of like an SAT. It has it in there, the LSAT, but for law school. Uh, I'm currently a law student. I start soon. Well, I'm not currently. I'm about to be a first-year law student. And I had to take this stupid test. It's dumb. It's kind of... The only reason... It has nothing to do with law school. It's A lot of people think like it's kind of like an MCAT where there's topics that you have to know about and then you get tested on those topics. Or it's like uh, the... Whatever the silly just grad school one is where you have to, it's like three topics, but 
you know, you can, you study for it and you know, you know, the answers, you have to know how to write, you have to know some math and the, what is this? The GRE? I think it is. But anyway, the LSAT, if you want to prepare for it, you have to learn how to do all these dumb problems. It's like those puzzles on the paper where, oh, I'm from like 1930s. You do the puzzles on the paper. Um, that was weird. But so it's like this. Susie walks, always walks the green dog on Tuesday. And her and her friend, you know, they have a dog walking business. And her and, you know, something ethnic in comparison to Judy or Jenny or whatever I said. So, like, La Quaqua also helps her walk dogs. Now, La Quaqua can walk four dogs at once, but the green and the yellow dog can't be walked together on the same day. And one has to be walked in the morning and one has to be walked in the after afternoon, but they can only walk one dog a day each. And Judy can only walk three dogs every week, and there's eight dogs. So if La Quaqua is walks the red dog on Thursday, what day does Jenny slash Judy walk through, or what time does Jenny watch the dog on Thursday? And if you walk one dog in the morning and one dog and the next dog has to be walked in the evening, like it's ridiculous. And you have to learn the fastest way to do these problems. And ultimately it has nothing to do with law school as much as it does. Can you rip out your brain and put it in backwards and then recite the alphabet in a chronological order, considering that L is now the beginning. Like, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. It's stupid, and I hate it. And I took it, and I was average, and maybe it just hurt my ego, and maybe that's where I'm at. So therefore, it hurt my ego, so it needs to be destroyed. Now, I've meant to come back. We're, we're going to go to the fourth question. What is a piece of advice you would give someone? Um, I guess never give advice unless someone asks for it. And don't be offended when they don't take it. I think it's a very important lesson because when your friend comes to you with a problem, you want to fix it. You want to help them because they're your friend and they're one of the few people you like and they're one of the few people you respect and you think you want to help them. You want to fix their life for them. And I've gotten better at not giving advice if it's not asked for, but really I focus on the second one because I always have to give advice. I always have to make sure the other person has as much knowledge as possible to make that educated decision. But what I had to learn was don't be mad when people don't listen to you because it's really exhausting when you go about and you spend three hours helping someone solve their problem and looking up sources and talking to people you hate who you know have also been through something similar just to help them. And you do all this work and then they're like, you know what? I'm not going to do that. You know how you were helping me get my visa. You know, I'm just going to not. I'm just going to hide. I'm going to run away, live in a hole in Guadalajara. And you're like, well, that's kind of shitty. But you just have to take it. I am not being funny at all. Sorry, guys. Mm, sad day. But, uh, but yeah, so you got to let that go. If people don't want to listen to you and you talk too much, like, you know, things I've learned. Uh, I'm going to give, I'm going to throw some more advice out there because this is stuck in my head. Um, always have your insurance card in your wallet. Always. 
that's what's a advice things to keep in your wallet and things not to keep in your wallet always have a wallet number one i have friends where they just shove all their stuff in their purse that's bad that's how things get that's how things fall out i've seen people who get holes in their purses and they lose all their things um especially if you've been drinking and you're just on you're just taking things out and throwing them in the air trying to find your tic tacs even though you ate them all 20 minutes ago we're gonna avoid that and keep everything in your wallet except a couple things don't be the person that has your social security card in your wallet that is bad put it somewhere safe i'm paranoid where i actually like lock mine up when people come over because i don't want them to take it when i'm not looking i'm paranoid but but don't don't take that with you just don't because if you get mugged you know all the all the muggers from wherever you are they're going to come and find you because you have your social security card on you. Don't do that. Always have, always have your health, your health insurance card on you because it's a great way to not tell your parents what's going on with you. And as a young adult trying to be a real adult, sometimes it was that, that extra half hour where you're not calling them and you don't have any answers. It can, it can buy you a lot of time. And it's always good to have um, also always, always, you can't leave the house without your wallet. You can't cause it has your driver's license in it and you need your driver's license. You need some kind of identification on you at all times. That's kind of the law. Um, I'm a law abiding citizen. I don't even jaywalk. So it's important to me that you have an ID. Here's another thing. If you ever have time or like $8, get a state identification card. It's really great if someone looks at your license and doesn't believe you and then you pull out a state ID uh, and, you know, you don't even have to be able to operate a vehicle, but you have it. Or if someone gives you shit and, you know, then you don't have to go to the library and make a fake account to get a library card so you can show that to people. You know, whatever. It's always good to have. Um, let's see. What else should or shouldn't you have in your wallet? Um, that's pretty much it. Everything else is kind of obvious and it's been overstated. So there's my advice for today. Now, the fifth one, things are about to get weird. So, I'm supposed to talk about a dream I've had. Um, I had this dream two nights ago that was the dumbest dream I've ever had. I normally have dreams where I conquer a situation, sometimes favorable. I had a dream where I won the lotto, so then I started figuring out how property taxes work and looking for a property manager. And I have these very practical dreams. I don't fly. Sometimes things chase me. Sometimes creepy things happen in my dreams. But never just weird physic breaking things. Usually everything is kind kind of makes sense. But the other night, I tossed and turned, finally fell asleep at about three in the morning, and I had this dream that I was at a carnival, and this carnival was filled with weird people, like they were emo people, but not really. They were like people who shop at Hot Topic who think they're hardcore, but like they watched My Little Pony. It's kind of like. They weren't quite bronies, but they could be. That was kind of the vibe of everyone at this carnival. And I was there with people I don't really like. Um, it was at NAU. That was where it was at. And I was... <laughs> I'm, I'm walking around, and then I, I, I see these two weird people. You know, two of the weird emo people. They start fighting, so I'm watching. And I was like, oh, fat... There was this fat white kid with, like, a blonde buzz cut and glasses. And I knew his name was Joe. And I saw Joe start the fight. And then the carnival police, not the real police, the police that are just hired for the carnival, like it said that on their uniform. They like, they're like, hey, you saw the fight, didn't you? And I was like, yes, yes, sir, I did. 
And he's like, well, did you see who started it? And like, well, who do you think started it? So I started interrogating the carnival police. Always a bad idea. And eventually we come to the conclusion that like we both agree that it was John, the weird white kid who started the fight with the guy with the green hair. And they're like, okay, like carry on, ma'am. Make sure you stop at the petting zoo on your way out. I'm like, you got it. So at this point, it was kind of like one of those moments in a dream where you know you should be afraid. And when you think about it, it's really creepy. But in your dream, you're just ignoring it. So everyone was running from the carnival. It was it was actually, I'm pretty sure it was the scene from Harry Potter where they go to like the wizard's tourney, like whatever, the big Quidditch World Cup. And they're all camping and then the Death Eaters come and they, they F shit up and then they they all have to leave. Um like things were on fire and and that was the lighting. And I'm like, I got to go to the petting zoo. So I go to the petting zoo and there is this whale. Okay. So it's a killer whale, but it has the body of a shark, head of a whale, body of a shark, but the texture of a whale. Um, and it kind of has, its head is black and white, like Shamu, but the rest of its body is like great white colored, like the, the gray blue with the white belly and it's like gushy because it's a whale. And that's just how I imagine whales feeling. Um, so I see it there and it's huge. It's probably like 20 feet long. And I grab a leash off of a dog and I wrap it around and make a harness on this whale. And it's important to note that this whale is flying like around, like it's hovering. It is swimming through the air. And I, I tie it up and I get it home. Like I put it in the back of a truck and then I drive to my house and then the whale is speaking telepathic, telepathically to me, telling me that it doesn't like that I'm capturing it and that like it doesn't deserve this. And it was giving me a lot of sass. So I get it home, I put it in the den, and then it starts really getting to me that like I have trapped this great creature in my tiny home. So I'm like, okay, I unleash him and he's flying around. And then this weird like breakdown of seconds happen so I'm opening the door and as he's coming towards me to leave I'm thinking I didn't tell him not to fly into the to the telephone lines he's gonna electrocute himself and die but I'm like opening the door and time's going too slowly I can't get the words out and then my alarm went off and that was my dream um it was weird I don't know so now I'm supposed to interpret that um the hitting meanings of this dream are that don't go to carnivals don't take things home from the petting zoo and don't play whale trail. I think, I don't know if look it up. You got to download it. It's a dumb game. You're, you're a whale that flies around in the air and you collect colors and fruit. I don't remember, but I guess maybe that I tried to harness something greater than me. And then I realized I was inadequate. I think that's maybe what it meant. Um, and maybe I have a special connection with whales that I never thought about. The options are endless. So number six, which celebrity do you wish you could see with a floppy windblown face? I thought about this and I wanted to pick someone who had had a lot of plastic surgery. Um, but that didn't seem very satisfying to me because I'm like, I'm not going to get that full floppiness. I decided on Reese Witherspoon. I just think that she would get really, really ugly, and she's kind of got a small head, and I just, I, I don't, I found it really funny, uh, just picturing her, her face all blown out, and her, her floppy mouth, I don't, I don't know, 
I don't know. That was a weird question. That's the best I can do. Uh, choice of Chelsea topic. Being friends with your ex. I think it's dumb. It weirds me out. It doesn't make sense to me at the end of the day. Um, that's kind of an unpopular opinion, but to me, it's kind of, it depends. It always depends. Everything is situational, right? Uh, I'm going to talk about first the kind of people that they meet, they immediately start dating, and then they try to make a friendship. To me, that's like buying a vase, throwing it on the ground. It shatters into a million pieces. And instead of sweeping it up and throwing it away, you take that and you glue all the pieces together, but in the form of a bowl, and then you try to eat cereal out of it. It just doesn't make sense, and it's not going to work because there's gaps that aren't there, and the milk just comes out. That's kind of got weird, but that's kind of my thing, is you can't, you just can't do that. You can't make a friendship out of something that was not founded on friendship, and like once you see someone naked, you can't really just forget that. And I guess some people, they can be friends with their exes and everything's like kind of fine I can't I'm pretty if I saw mine I'd have to call the police because he was like a legitimate crazy person like like diagnosed bipolar but he thought he was too cool for medication and granted I was a 17 year old girl who had my own emotional essence that was probably almost as bipolar as he was but I blame that on hormones and being an idiot um But uh, just a fun fact, here's just one of the many reasons I can't be friends with my ex is he was a douche, cheated on me. But then there's also some just embarrassing things like first boyfriends. So like list of terrible efforts to try to do things. I had no idea what I was doing. So that'll always haunt me. And I you can't recover from that. Uh, Also, when he broke up with me, I'll tell you the story really quick. So uh, I, I realized I leave my house key at home and my mom's not going to be home for a couple hours. So I'm like, I'll just go hang out over there. He lived like down the street from me. Like, it'll be cool. We'll get to hang out. He's been acting kind of weird lately. So I call him and I'm like, Hey, can I come hang out? And he's like, no, um, I'm getting my haircut. I'm like, okay, well like, let me know when you're done. He's like, well then I'm going to the gym. And I was like, I'm like, okay, well, let me know when you're done with that. And he's like, well, I'm like, just let me know. There's going to be time. My mom doesn't get home till like 7.30. And he's like, oh, okay. So I go over to my friend's house and I'm hanging out with her. And it was really ironic, actually. There's this weird song that I liked called The Board of Your Love. And I was showing it to my friend. It was quite, it was foreshadowing, quite poetic, really. But uh, my friend's mom makes really good spaghetti and they had a lot of it. So I ate a lot of it. Now, this is, it's important to note that I ate spaghetti because for multiple reasons, let you in on some foreshadowing. But uh, one of the reasons is that I don't, I didn't have a gallbladder. I still don't have a gallbladder. It's not like I grew one back, but I had recently got it removed. Now, if you don't have a gallbladder, it's hard to digest things. And uh, things that are acidy and high in starch are not great. So spaghetti is like the worst thing I could eat. I've, I had already thrown up recently from eating spaghetti, but I didn't have self-control and I really wanted spaghetti. So I eat too much spaghetti and then he calls me and I drive up to his house and he's like waiting outside for me. 
And I pull up and I'm like, oh, like, what's going on? And then he starts doing the thing where he kind of talks like this and he won't make eye contact with me. So my brain figures out what he's doing. And then I start panicking and I throw up spaghetti all over his driveway, really saucy spaghetti. So it's just like red and gross. And I just throw up in front of him. (laughs) And I found out later, I actually like permanently stained his driveway with my vomit. So I should be proud, but you know, there's a reason why we just can't be friends. And he's also a crazy person with a tiny penis, but you know, why we can't be friends. So that's my choice topic. It's unless, I don't know. I think it's more effort than it's worth. And I'm, I don't like expending effort where it has no reward. And I find those to often be rewardless ventures. Um, I think that it's good to keep in contact if it's a staple thing in your past, but you're not going to be able to be just best friends after that um, if you didn't have a friendship to begin with. If you had a friendship to begin with and then you tried the couple thing for a while didn't work, that's different um, because, you know, if you've been friends for a long time, you love each other anyway, you try to step up that love and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work no harm, no foul. I'm also the kind of person that once someone leaves me, I feel very scorned and I will never forgive them. (laughs) You know, just Chelsea things. Number, this one I didn't think I would care about, but the more I think about it, I hate it. So many traveling guides say that trains are romantic. Would you agree? No. Nope. There's a lot of different kinds of trains. Um, There's subways, there's there's passenger trains and then there's like migrant worker trains where they like sneak on them and they go pick oranges in Florida or in California. Um, I don't think that's romantic. I think trains are dirty. I think that trains often have homeless people in them because if it's like a monorail, which we have a lot of those out this way, you know, you can go at be inland of LA and then you ride the train all the way to LA and it stops a bunch of times and homeless people get on because it's not that expensive and it's dirty and it's weird and it's creepy. Everyone's seen weird subway videos on, uh, on the YouTube machine. So we don't really need to get into too much detail there. Um, you know, you never want to be caught in some homeless dude's house or where he thinks is his house. And I think the best way to do that is to avoid trains. I also don't think trains are romantic because they take too long. Um, I don't know if you've ever compared train travel to flight, but it's, or driving, it's usually significantly longer. Like a six hour drive takes about 14 hours by train. Uh, because they stop all the time and like you're in this tiny place and it's just to me it it just seems it's claustrophobic it it stops all the time that makes me anxious it's the same like connecting flights I don't think connecting flights are romantic I don't think trains are romantic Um, I don't think you're ever going to meet anyone on a train I mean it's not like an Agatha Christie book or like the 1930s maybe they're romantic back then but they're not romantic now Um, they're as romantic as a taxi. So there you go. Um, how do I feel about couples having celebrity lists? So this goes off of the idea that you have a list where if a certain celebrity ever wanted to copulate with you, you could agree and it would be okay. And, 
not be cheating. Um, I guess I'm pro this. I think it's kind of like, you know, if, if I won the, it's like if I won the lotto, then I would totally do this. It's kind of an empty promise. Uh, that's more or less just a fantasy. And if it does happen, that's pretty sweet. And I don't know. I feel like there was really a celebrity that wanted to sleep with my significant other then they could. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of the person where, and we're kind of the people that, you know, there's negotiables. It's, it's the only, you know, there's more to fidelity than just sexual honesty and devotion. So I don't know. I'd be down with it. Maybe we could get something out of it. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe we could even get an autograph. Like, ah, the options are endless. Um, I think it's weird when people, like, have a detailed list, like, down to 45, and then they, like, actively hang out in Hollywood and send them creepy messages and, like, catfish a celebrity. Now, when you're trying to do that and actively trying to pursue it, I think that's kind of weird. I think that's kind of a waste of time. But I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Because it's all, if, if your significant other is cool with it, it just can't be something that they disagree with. You have to be on the same page. I think that is more or less the most important part. So, yeah. So, where do I think I would get stuck if I were to get stuck? Now, for the record, I have very good spatial sense. I don't normally go in places that I don't think I would fit. Um... Yeah, like, you're not going to try to, like, see me get into those baby swings at the park. You're never going to see that happen, because I know I can't fit. I can look at it and know. Uh, the only thing that sometimes catches up with me is when there's a gap between two tables at, like, a really small restaurant. Um, my ass might get stuck, but then I just push things over and everything's fine. I'm not too claustrophobic of a person, so I don't have a lot of fears about that. But there's some places where I would just really hate to be stuck in. Um, for example, a porta potty, if it locked while I was in there, I definitely have a fear of people tipping it over. Uh, grosses me the hell out. I've actually gone through, I've rehearsed how I would stand up quickly and close the porta potty seat and try to get on top of it and just to avoid excrement in my face, things I've thought about. Um, I also would hate to get trapped. In at a like a brunch with a bunch of middle-aged divorcees who are chatting about their li- how hard their lives o- are over like vodka mimosas. Like, I just that sounds like a terrible place to get stuck. Um, I'd hate to get stuck. And I actually hate waiting at the dermatologist because I hate dermatologists. I hate them a lot. I think they're the used car salesmen of the medical world. Worse so than chiropractors, because chiropractors are more or less just the crazy homeless people. Some of them actually have a point, and some of them are just really, like, crazy, where other ones just aren't even on this planet. So, I'd hate to get stuck in those places, I guess. Uh, I could also answer the alternative question, which is, where or what... Sorry, where or what you are scared of your extremities getting caught in, um, anything. I really don't want my extremities to be caught. I don't want to rip my arm off. I don't want to have a 
23 hours or 27 hours or whatever the hell, 28 days later, where monkeys turn into your arm and they rip itself off. I don't know. I don't want any of those things to happen. I also wouldn't like a limb to be eaten off by a shark that, that apparently that happens on the East Coast to six people. You know, it kind of happens when you're playing around in, in shark-infested waters. Guess what? Shark might eat you. I'd really hate that. I really don't want to lose a limb. Now, if... Uh, that scares me, actually. It freaks me out. So, I don't want to lose any extremities. I don't want to be caught in literally anything that I couldn't have it removed from. Now, I'm okay with being embarrassed, like, if I shoved my arm in a, in a, like, between a banister that was too small and I couldn't pull it out and we had to call, uh, a firefighter or someone with a hatchet to chop the wood and not my arm. I cannot lose my arm. Other than that, I'm okay with that. So... What is a secret talent of mine? Um, I'm a gifted memorizer. Part of that is from Christian school where you have to memorize whole like chapters of the Bible and then be able to recite them back in perfect, you know, in, in all perfection. So you get really good at memorizing things. Now, it's one thing to have a good memory. It's another thing to be able to memorize. Um, I love to memorize things. Uh, one of my proudest moments was in high school. I memorized 125 digits of pi, and the only reason I didn't memorize more is because I got bored after 125. It's weird. It's a Rain Man talent. I know all my presidents. I know their first and last names. I know what order they're in. I can say the alphabet backwards. That's more practice than memorization. Uh, All 50 states in their capitals, 50 states in alphabetical order, 80% of the world's capitals and their geographical location. I like memorizing things stupid things that have nothing to do with anything. Those are my secret talents. Um, yeah. Uh, also another secret talent is simply just being mean to stupid people. I have a gift for it where pretty much anyone, I wish I like actually had taken like a real IQ test because then I can give you real numbers and not like internet numbers where like your IQ is this number, but it means meaningless because you just answered a question to win a free iPad and here's your IQ. So I would say that I have a gift for making fun of someone without them noticing where everyone else gets to enjoy it. Sometimes it is only me and I'm picking on them and they don't realize it, but I'm just, I, you know, it's, it's kind of like, like that scene in the help where she's feeding her the shit pie where it tastes good to them, but you know that there's shit in it. And for sometimes other people know, and we all get to laugh at you while you think you're enjoying something, that's my forte with people. Um, I like, I mean, if you've listened to my other podcasts, that was basically my relationship with, with my boss and definitely did that a lot. And that was kind of my life. So yeah, those are my talents. Um, my conclusion is this wasn't a funny one. This was kind of a little more serious. I think Uh, what? There weren't a lot of opportunities for jokes. I wasn't even laughing at myself. So I'm going to post this. It's be a learning experience. Uh, blame my writers. If you didn't like it, talking to you writer slash listener. So, uh, so yeah, so it was good. I mean, I did it in one take, which is something I haven't been able to do for a while. So I'm proud of myself for just doing it and being confident, I guess. I don't know, that was really lame and sad sounding. So, you know what? Have a lovely day. Look forward to Podcast 5, probably sometime next week since I've been on such a roll. 
All right. Bye.